0: Welcome to Revenue Champions, I'm Alice and I'm John. We interview leaders, experts and entrepreneurs in the B2B space. Giving you
1: the inside tips, tricks and hacks for you to grow and scale your B2B business today.
0: So welcome to this week's edition of Revenue Champions. Today I'm joined by Daniel Disney. Welcome Daniel.
1: Hey Jonathan, I'm excited to be here chatting with you today.
0: Very much so and I like as well so um yeah daniel just for anyone who doesn't necessarily know you do you mind just giving a quick introduction to yourself and and your background
1: yeah so i'm a linkedin social selling trainer speaker and author author of the book the million pound linkedin message and my second book coming out soon the ultimate linkedin sales guide uh i help businesses salespeople sales teams leverage linkedin and social selling to its full potential and then also the founder owner of the daily sales which is linkedin's most popular page for
0: salespeople yeah i was going to say everyone's probably aware of you from the daily sales would the people <laughs> listening indirectly
1: <laughs> i was going to say most people probably well a lot of people know the daily sales more than they know me because i'm not sort of in front of it as such but yeah coming up to seven hundred thousand followers and growing wow incredible
0: Absolutely incredible. Yes, Daniel, I suppose what would be great as well, you mentioned there about your book, The Million Pound LinkedIn Message. Do you mind going into a bit of detail about the story behind how you actually led to create that book? And also maybe a bit of your history that led to you kind of going down this route of becoming a social seller on LinkedIn?
1: Yeah, so I've been using LinkedIn for coming up to eight years now, I think, sort of actively on a regular daily basis. And it's helped me throughout my sales career, you know, uh, dramatically increase results, pipeline opportunities, conversions, revenue, etc. And sort of doing that in the corporate world for about four or five years I then had the opportunity to go and start helping other businesses, teaching their sales teams how to do the same. And one of the common themes I noticed, not just from interacting and teaching salespeople, but from talking to other leaders, CEOs, managing directors, is that probably the biggest problem in how salespeople use LinkedIn is how they send messages. And so many people are just getting inundated with spammy sales pitch, terribly written LinkedIn messages coming through. And so it kind of felt like the right thing to do for the first book for me to put out. There was a book focused purely on LinkedIn messaging and how salespeople, instead of sending spammy sales pitches, can send conversations starting messages that A, actually get replies and B, actually then convert into opportunities um so yeah that was the motivation behind it and I'm, I'm sort of happy to say it's it's certainly providing some impact to the people that are reading it
0: cool one thing i'm really interested to dig in with you daniel is so you mentioned there about the spammy messages that are coming from sales professionals as a manager do you think it's the kind of result of kind of the kpi culture that managers put in on sales reps that's resulting in This lack of personalization just to kind of hit that KPI activity metric? Is it the result of managers putting too much pressure on the reps to hit those core KPIs? And should managers kind of sit back a bit and let them? fuel their own creativity.
1: It is, it is part of two things. Number one, as you say, is the KPI, the the sort of quantity over quality um, metric that a lot of managers you know, put on their sales teams. And that impacts not just LinkedIn messaging, it impacts email, it impacts cold calling. When uh, as a leader, if you're focusing purely on a number, then your sales reps will focus on hitting a number, not a result or a conversion. The managers that focus more on the conversations, the opportunities, the pipelines, and obviously the converted deals, that's where then the results start to to happen because it's less about how many calls you make and more about how many conversations you had. The other side is training. So the other side is a lot of sales managers will sort of say, right, let's start using LinkedIn, off you go, and then expect them to know what to do. And you don't, no one picks up a phone and makes their first cold call knowing what to say. No one logs into LinkedIn and suddenly knows how to craft good LinkedIn messages or, or create good LinkedIn content. Yeah, everyone needs training. We all need training on the tools that we utilize. So a mixture of not providing the right training and then putting a ton of pressure on a number, unfortunately, leads to spammy sales messages.
0: Yeah, for sure. And obviously there there is scope for kind of that personalization at scale. Is there a need for kind of highly personalized messages being the route forward or is there a happy medium where you've got some automation with some personalization? Where do you see that kind of?
1: Yeah, it it really depends on what you're selling, the, the value of the ticket. So obviously the higher the ticket item that you're selling, then the more important and valuable personalization will be and the more work you'd need to put in. But the lower value the item that you sell, then there definitely is some potential for that midpoint between personalization and scalability again, it's making sure you're not focusing too much on that mass, right? Throw as much at the wall and see what sticks, because sometimes actually taking a step back, yeah, you might have less conversations, but if they're converting better, what's the point of making or sending 100 LinkedIn messages a day and you know maybe getting one back where you could send 10 and get six back or five back? You know, Sometimes there's a lot more logic in doing less, but doing it better. So it's, again, I think A lot of sales leaders and business owners and startups are drilled into this, you know, speed, scale, mass, and actually maybe taking a step back and focusing on, you know, finding the right people, having the right conversations and bringing on the right customers is a better strategy. So there's always going to be a balance point, but a lot of it depends on what you're selling. Sure.
0: Okay. And the majority of salespeople, like LinkedIn doesn't just extend to cold outreach. Like, do you think the majority of sales, sales professionals are getting the full usage of LinkedIn? And are they are they really getting it right? Um, I'm really interested
1: in your thoughts on that. No, is the uh, simple answer, Jonathan. And I don't. It <laughs> was a, a leading question,
0: wasn't it? It was. It was.
1: <laughs> I don't just say that because I I obviously sell LinkedIn training, but I say it because I'm reviewing companies every single day. Every company that I train, I do a full review of how their sales team are using it, what their profiles are like. Um, I get to see their messages. I get to see the volume that they're putting out there, the content, and. I would say the majority of salespeople, sales teams, businesses that I see are using probably between 30 to 40% of LinkedIn's capability, and that's at a push, some a lot less.
0: Okay, so what is what is the 70% then that's potentially lacking? Is it setting up their profile for success? And Where do you see the real gaps are that people can get a quick win?
1: most of them need to work on all areas of it. So a lot of them don't have a fully optimized LinkedIn profile. Um, Again, I'd say 80% of the profiles that I view, a similar number, probably 20, 30, 40% optimized. So there's a lot of work in the profile that can be done. Then there's a lot of work in the engagement strategy they have. Most salespeople, I did a a post about this quite recently, actually. I think the average out of about 500 salespeople that I studied, the average audience network size was about a thousand connections. You know, bearing in mind you've got a 30,000 connection limit, there's a ton of potential to grow their audiences with the right people at the same time. And then you've got content, personal brand, all of these things are often lacking. I think a lot of companies adopt a, reshare the company blog, social selling marketing strategy, and, you know, what we see, and this isn't just me saying it you see this live on linkedin now is the sdrs the aes the bdrs that start sharing good content sharing their stories they're building great audiences they're generating tons of sales and inbound inquiries and they're generating so much exposure for the businesses that they work for um so yeah the the evidence is out there but that's kind of where a lot of the holes exist
0: okay and You said about kind of your LinkedIn profile, what are kind of the key things that you need to incorporate to build your profile success? Is it taking the mindset of potential buyers in your profile? Like what do you need to put on your profile to really get that that uptick and engagement?
1: Yeah, so at the heart of it, it needs to be a customer focused profile. Again, a lot of people fill it in like a CV, it's designed like a CV, but it's not about you. You're not trying to get a job, you're trying to win a customer. So you need to make it more about them and less about you talk about Who do you help? How do you help them? What can you help them achieve? Who have you helped that they're going to recognize really focus it on what it is you can do for them, which you do in sales. That's the whole purpose of a sales conversation. It's about them, not about you. It's not about your product. It's about what you're going to help them achieve if they use your product. Um, And then you just go through all the components and and edit it to make it like that, that the first three things that are most important in a profile are your profile photo, your background image, and your summary. Those are your three juiciest areas that provide the most know values to have a good photo design a good background and then optimize that summary to really take your viewers the people viewing your profile on a journey to essentially qualify them in or out you want people that aren't going to buy from you to move on and then you want the people that are likely to buy from you your target customers your icps to stay to want to get to know you more to follow you to connect with you or even to message you asking for more information
0: perfect yeah i think i was guilty of having my instagram photos my linkedin profile for a little while while back so (laughs) yeah it's usually easy, quick quick win um so i think we're seeing a transition now for a lot of people moving and creating their own personal brands on linkedin like for those individuals listening today that haven't got a clue where to start or maybe a bit scared where to start like what do you recommend how can they get that get their first post out there what should they be looking to do
1: Two things, number one, start slow. Don't look at the mountain and get really intimidated thinking you're gonna have to be posting content every day, recording videos and all that stuff. Just focus on your first post and find something that you're comfortable doing. That could be resharing another post but adding your thoughts to it. Just take baby steps. It's all about getting comfortable in your own voice, writing your own words and sharing your own thoughts and opinions. So take each step as it comes. It could be writing a review of a book. Things that could be a lot easier than you opening up and sharing an entire story or recording an entire video or creating an image, you know, baby steps, it, you know, the first bit of content I shared was an article and it was just my favorite sales quotes. And I just listed, I can't remember if it was five or 10 sales quotes that I enjoyed, why I enjoyed them. That was my first bit of content that I shared because I was comfortable to do that. And then it built up more articles, eventually turned into posts. And so, yeah, don't, Look at the mountain and get too intimidated start off nice and slow and the second tip i'll give is consume more so start to follow other people in your industry other people that are utilizing linkedin well and consume their content because it's going to help you learn how to create good content it's going to let you learn what's driving the best engagement um, and it will help you kind of find your voice at the same time by consuming and, and you'll find inspiration you'll read a post and think that's inspired me to write something similar or about that same subject so yeah take it nice and steady and then surround yourself with the right people and just consume more on a regular basis
0: sure Stanley, i'm sure you weren't an overnight success when you first started doing your posting <laughs> but when when you, when did you really start to see that kind of conversion and get engagement that you can't where it was like multiplying exponentially because i think that's one thing for sales reps right say they do their first post they probably get one or two likes and then they're just completely put off doing it so yeah can you talk us through your journey and how how that kicked off
1: yeah, consistency was the big thing, Jonathan. So, you know, the first few posts did barely any traction. But as soon as people started to see me posting consistently, and I was probably posting two to three times a week at the start, soon as I started to get used to it, then the the, the sort of engagement started to, to climb. And as I sort of continued to make sure it was good content, creative, told in an engaging way. So every time I'm posting, I'm also improving the quality, So my posts are getting better because I'm learning, looking at the mistakes I made and, you know, sort of growing and evolving with it. But then having the, the consistency piece really then helps drive that engagement. And then it, the key transition is as your audience grows. So once your audience starts to grow past three, four, 5,000 connections or followers, then you're going to start to see the engagement traction start to happen a lot more naturally and quickly. So it's almost like climbing, well, pushing the snowball up the hill. Once you get to that audience size, then it just starts to roll down the hill. And as your audience grows, that engagement continues to grow as long as you're matching with the consistency and the quality piece. So a bit of it is, you know, just starting to get your name out there, providing value, good content, um, and then the other part of it is as your audience grows and you start to reach more people then naturally that engagement is going to follow
0: yeah for sure for sure i think one thing that i've seen is that a lot of companies are apprehensive to kind of give their sales reps that voice because potentially it could tarnish the company brand that they built up it might not align so for again for managers like how can they promote that environment and how can they sell that internally like sales managers to the ceo and say look we really need to start taking it seriously that our sales reps have their own personal brand and try and get the buy-in from the top to help promote that culture.
1: It makes me laugh because it's just opening their eyes, essentially. And the reality is there will be a lot of sales managers that should probably stop their sales reps using the phone because of what they're saying on phone calls. I mean, I've run teams where I've listened to calls and I've had sales reps, you know, outright lie to customers and prospects. Just because that could happen, doesn't mean you stop everyone using the phone. What you do is you train, coach and support them into using it right. And it's the same with LinkedIn. Just because you're scared of some of the things that might happen, you need to provide them the right training, provide the right sort of support barriers so that they know what to do. They know some of the areas that they shouldn't go into. The beauty of LinkedIn is if you put out a post and it's not on brand or it's not the right messaging, you can delete it. Yes, you would have reached a small percentage of your audience, but as long as you act quickly, Then it's easy to kind of go back so yeah don't let fear fear should never hold you back if fear holds you back you know you're never going to get anywhere it's just about opening their eyes to the opportunity seeing all of the engaged prospects and customers that are on linkedin right now and then highlighting people that are using it right and showing them some of the results they're able to generate then it's a case of saying okay here's the why now let's look at the how let's make sure we train them the right way to use it let's make sure we provide the support structure on a coaching sort of regular coaching basis and then Let them let them fly because there are a lot of salespeople using it perfectly right to generate a lot of results. um So yeah, don't let fear hold you back.
0: Yeah, sure. And just for anyone who's like new to this potential idea of social selling, is there any companies that you think have mastered this, or any individuals that you think people should should listen to, like UK or abroad?
1: Yeah, I I always then there's a few, but there's one that stands out. I would say they are the best in this space, and that's Gong gong Gong.io. They I mean, I trained them about three, four years ago and both from individuals, but also from a company page perspective, they've really mastered LinkedIn. Um, I've just started recording a a podcast, the social selling podcast, and I interviewed the kind of queen of of LinkedIn and social selling, uh, the SDR legend that is Sarah Brazier, and she is a prime example of someone. An SDR, new to sales, no sales background or experience, just shared her journey. She's grown an audience. She's got over 26,000 followers. And, you know, she was sharing with me the the sort of opportunities she's generated, the business, the inbound inquiries. You know, she's been promoted. So many benefits that have come off the back of that. So yeah, they're a prime example. I'd recommend anyone in sales follow Gong's company page, but then start to follow their their team because they're a a live example of how to do it right.
0: No, I was going to say, like, looking at, like, the Sarah raise your career progression i think that's one massive benefit right is that you can really quickly elevate your career and sales is competitive right But anything that can give you that additional additional boost so if we look at outreach on linkedin then what do you see as the future and what do you think of like features such as voice notes stories and corporation of video um where do you think that future kind of lies for linkedin
1: yeah audio messages and video messages are certainly growing uh, quite rapidly and i mean but it's a pretty equal split in terms of roi written messages audio messages video messages they all reach different audiences some people prefer audio some people hate audio some people prefer video some people hate video some people prefer written and some people don't so it's it's just options that reach the wider audience that's out there. And I think that's gonna continue. I don't think any one is gonna dominate the other. Um, I think there's always gonna be a, a very equal split in terms of preferences, but it would just be a case of sales teams having to know and master each of those because a lot of sales haven't been taught how to record good audio messages. That's not something that's been covered in traditional sales training, same as video messages. A lot of salespeople are only just getting comfortable doing Zoom conversations, but ask them to record a video message, it'll blow their mind. They're not going to know where to start. So again, they're going to need a lot of support and training in, in those areas. Written messages is very similar to email, but again, it's very different. I've had so many salespeople copy and paste a spammy sales email into a LinkedIn message and send it. And the things like ginormous, you know, again, it's making sure they know how to use these properly. But in terms of trends, I think the biggest trend is going to be personal brands salespeople building their individual names in their industry and leveraging that from a sales perspective both for increasing inbound lead generation but also outbound lead um, opportunity creation and conversations you know uh, deal velocity you're going to have so many different conversations i see this every day and i see sales reps starting to see this where you know prior to social you'd pick up the phone have a conversation with a prospect spend five, 10 minutes telling them who you are and trying to build a bit of rapport and you know earn some credibility. Now you're gonna get salespeople picking up the phone to a prospect and the prospect turning around to them saying, Jonathan, love that post you shared on LinkedIn last week. We've been following your content for a while. Really love the stuff you put together. Can't wait to have this conversation today. Different conversation that's where a personal brand can really add value. And I think that's where we're going to see a lot of salespeople starting to invest some of their time into and rightly so. Cool. Okay.
0: I think a lot of the focus has been very much on like the SDR and like pipeline generation. If we look at like the account executive, account management, like what would be some of the benefits for them and how can they incorporate LinkedIn?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, LinkedIn is an amazing prospecting tool, but it's an amazing account management and relationship building tool. Because again, let's go back to pre-social days. You know, what would sales reps and account managers do? They pick up the phone every three, six, nine, twelve 12 months. Hi, hi, Jonathan, how's it going? How are you enjoying the product? Great, do you want to buy anything else? No, okay, I'll call you in another three to six months. Whereas now, you know, I'm, I'm connected to all of my customers' Uh, on on LinkedIn, some of them I'm connected to them on on Facebook, on Instagram, on, on Twitter, and I'm giving valuable content every single day. I'm interacting in their content on a regular basis, so we're having these behind the scenes kind of conversations or keeping in touch or following each other's journey. So when we do have conversations, it's not like it's been three or six months. You know, we're already saying, "Oh, how was the holiday last week? Uh, loved the post you put out. Really enjoyed the stuff." You know, there's so much more to talk about. That relationship is a lot stronger than those sort of disconnected semi-regular calls. So not just from that sort of basis, but then you've also got the the piece of research of understanding, buying signals. You know, if you're using LinkedIn and following your customers, you can look out for opportunities. So when your customer announces new funding and announces that they're gonna start investing money into their whatever department it is, that you may then, you have a product or solution for boom you've got a buying signal had you not been on linkedin you might not have known that it might not have been time for your regular call but you can then pick up the phone and give them a shout jonathan congratulations on the the series c funding announcement that's, that's that's fantastic i noticed in the article you know you're going to be putting a lot of that into marketing one of our other products there you go you're having a conversation you may win an opportunity you otherwise might have missed
0: yeah for sure finding people at the right times definitely <laughs> resource wise it's essential isn't it so you spoke there about twitter instagram are you seeing a lot of sales people transition to kind of these i would like to say like b2c channels um, and social platforms is, is there going to be a little bit of a crossover into them or is that are they very, very separate? Is LinkedIn kind of the predominant one that people should focus on?
1: really depends on your customers. Um, if you're selling B2B, then LinkedIn is definitely going to be your home for a long time. Um, a lot of people in the B2B space tend to use the other social platforms more personally. And I i can't count the amount of decision makers, managing directors, CEOs I've spoken to, that get so angry and frustrated with the amount of salespeople trying to add them on Facebook and Instagram because... That's for their family. That's for their friends. They don't mix that with work. Um, So yes, some salespeople try it and there will be some occasions. I have maybe a handful of customers that I'm connected to on, on other platforms and that's great strong relationships, long lasting relationships, that really works, but it really depends on the person. But we're getting new things coming through. You know, TikTok burst on the scene last year and I saw you know TikTok's kind of jumped into LinkedIn a bit. You get people sharing TikTok videos on LinkedIn, bit of traction there, nothing major. Clubhouse is the big one this year <laughs> and yeah. Clubhouse is everywhere. I've been um, spending a bit of time trying to learn and understand it as a platform, very heavy B2C very time heavy you know you need to be putting in hours and hours and hours this isn't like spending five minutes and writing a good text post on linkedin this is two three four hours a day you need to be on clubhouse to, to really benefit so some pros and cons but certainly seems to be heavy b2c so i think linkedin will remain the the main market for the b2b market and then you know we'll see we'll see what's around the corner
0: cool can you just talk through what clubhouse is daniel for anyone that isn't necessarily works i know it's being pinged up everywhere on LinkedIn. Can you just give a, a quick synopsis of what it is and like how people yeah. potentially utilize it? Because I'm sure you'll spend a lot of time on it. You've probably learned a lot of lessons from it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's an audio-only social media network. So there's no text, there's no photos there's no videos all you have is like going to a networking event there's lots of these different rooms people host these rooms they have panels they have speakers and then you just go in and you either listen or you're on the speaker panel and you contribute and it's just voice there's 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 no camera there's nothing it's just voice and you know there's there's benefits and 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 negatives to it it's noisy (laughs) everyone is the expert it's it's very much like a networking event everyone's trying to sell something everyone's self-promotional so you know i think it's got a lot of uh fine tweaking to do to to turn it into something that will be mainstream and and offer significant value but at the moment you know it's getting traction there are some big audiences some rooms you know can have anywhere up to a thousand two thousand you know 5000 is the capacity anywhere up to 5000 people in a room and if you're able to be on a panel, you're reaching a big audience and they're listening to you, some will then follow your profile some then connect with you on other social media networks like LinkedIn. So there's some benefits there but at the moment, quite a few It's in the rough stages it's not, you have to get um, sort of approved or invited to get in. So. You basically download the app. I think it's only on Apple at the moment. You download the app, you reserve your username, and then you need to try and get someone or wait for someone to offer you an invite to get you in. It's in the testing phase. I think it's going to go mainstream March, April time where it'll become sort of open to the to the wider public. But it'll be interesting to see. I'm keeping a close eye on it. And I think it will earn a place in the market. Um, but
0: I definitely don't think it's going to be the next big thing. Good to have your insight there, Daniel, because I'm sure a lot of people are going to be putting a lot of time into it over the coming months. Um, so back to back to yourself, Daniel, and your new book that you've got coming out, The Ultimate LinkedIn Sales Guide. Can you just talk us through what's in it and um, when people can get it and when it's released?
1: Yeah, so this is going to be my second book and this is my first published book. So Wiley are publishing it, which is really exciting. Uh, it's called The Ultimate LinkedIn Sales Guide. And it is just that. I've tried to make this the one, the go-to book that any salesperson, sales team, sales leader, can read and utilize it's going to help them get the most from linkedin so it covers everything profiles, searches growing your network sending connection requests, messages written audio and video content personal brands tools strategies cadences it's got the lot it's a big book spent a lot of time putting it together it comes out on the 8th of april it's available for pre-order now on amazon um just going through some final tweaks uh behind the scenes with with the publishers but really excited for it to come out and um yeah gonna be ramping up the noise i make to try and uh, yeah help it impact as many people as possible again my passion helping people sales people businesses leverage linkedin and, and this is going to be the book this
0: is the big book excited, excited to get my hands on it <laughs> i've got the other one it was, it was a great read so yeah if it's even bigger bible then i'm sure it'll be um has so much value and for the daily sales as well like what's the future for the daily sales um is that a sort of side project or are you looking to really wrap that up as well
1: no it's it's been growing consistently since day one continues to grow the audience has grown massively We're close to seven hundred thousand followers my goal is to get to the million uh hopefully over the next maybe year two years um and continuing to work with with amazing companies you know we've done some amazing work with 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 cognizant and working with some other amazing companies around the, the the globe to kind of help them reach other sales people and help connect sales people with the right sales tools so yeah at the moment it's just fun creating the content i love creating the memes i love sharing the quotes i love sharing the sort of articles the webinars and stuff like that so I'm just trying to make sure I provide the best value uh, the way that the audience wants it and then using it to help kind of connect sales teams with companies. So yeah, hopefully we'll get to a million soon and then onwards and upwards. Perfect. Yeah, so Daniel, thank
0: you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you taking, taking time out of your diary to actually discuss this. And I'm sure there was some really, really useful insightful information for, for the audience. Is there anything that you wanted to leave the listeners with as like a last note? Do
1: you know what? the thing to think about if you're if you're looking at using linkedin if your prospects and customers are using it then you need to be using it too and start investing some time in learning how to use it better there's a lot of free resources out there before you need to commit to anything just go and start learning there's tons of videos podcast episodes like this follow people that are using it well just start consuming learning absorbing and look how you can use it better linkedin one of the best opportunities out there right now its where Facebook was 10 years ago. Um, you know, at the moment, if you went on Facebook or Instagram, it's hard to build or create any sort of traction LinkedIn's you can do so much organically without having to spend on sponsors ads just takes a little bit of time doing the right activities. So if your prospects and customers are using it, you need to start using it as well.
0: That's great. Thanks, Daniel. Appreciate it.
1: Take care.